0: Three,
1: two, one. We interrupt our program
2: to bring you this important message. A confirmed attack is taking place against the United States. Aliens from an unknown location have been reported in multiple states.
0: We are controlling transmission. There is
1: another world that awaits far beyond what we can see and feel. A place that's anything but ordinary.
2: What you believe might not be. Step into the zone of the best unknown. You aliens,
1: ghosts, big crew. conspiracies and cover-ups, and to the pair of normal week.
2: Good evening from the cold, dark depths of a secret dungeon somewhere deep in the remote Pacific Northwest. Between the paranormal and the abnormal, I am Jeremy Scott. Deep program tonight. Uh, We're getting requests for this show. We always like to deliver. Of course, we've always got our finger on the pulse of what is going on, uh, particularly these days with disclosure. See, for decades, the truth has been hidden on UFOs and UAP extraterrestrial phenomenon all of it and it continues to this day we've got the UAP Disclosure Act of 2023 that was introduced by Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and Senator Mike Rounds as an amendment to the National Defense Authorization Act and this mandates how the government must handle reports of unidentified anomalous phenomenon and the release of information It allows the government to effectively confiscate and appropriate any UAP technologies and creates a presidential review board. But it has met some resistance. Representatives Mike Turner, chair of the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, and Mike Rogers, chair of the House Armed Services Committee, have been working to alter the wording in the UAP Disclosure Act, and they've gotten the support of Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell and also the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson. As we speak tonight, it remains to be seen whether this amendment will be included in the final version of the NDAA to eventually be signed into law by President Biden. The fact is, there are certain players that are trying to derail this and to continue the truth embargo. Which should come as no surprise, as it is the job of the government not to be transparent. As much as they say they are, it's usually the opposite of what they do. But what it is doing is bringing to light, I guess, the tug of war that's going on behind the scenes, which happens with a lot of legislation, some that sees the light of day, others that... uh, Doesn't, but there's a lot of behind the scenes, there's a lot of boring stuff that goes on, you know, in congressional committees and uh, just in in politics in general, a lot of procedural stuff. So there is stuff that happens behind the scenes. We know there are closed door meetings, just talked about the, the NASA secret meetings. What would we do if we found existence of extraterrestrial life, specifically with the James Webb Space Telescope? You'll remember we talked about that just a week or so ago. But uh, they're doing their best to keep this behind closed doors and to keep it out of the mainstream. But what they're doing is actually raising more suspicions in the process. Because get this, there is something so top secret behind this that certain elected leaders and maybe some outside influences are doing anything that they can to keep this quiet. I wanted to share this, this letter which I thought was well-stated. It's from our f- friends at the Alliance for Extraterrestrial Diplomatic Contact, who are actually having their Diplomacy and First Contact conference. Uh, I think it's over by now, but it was earlier today. Probably available on demand. You can go to paranormalradiocom slash ET uh, and watch that, I do believe, on demand eventually. It's it's a letter to get the UFO Disclosure Act of 2023 passed into law in the U.S., and it's authored by the association's president, Daniel Turcott. It says, Dear Republican senators, on behalf of the Alliance for Extraterrestrial Diplomatic Contact, an organization with over 2 million supporters and 25 supporting organizations, of which we are one, I'm writing to express our strong support for the UAP Disclosure Act of 2023, an amendment to the National Defense Authorization Act, or NDAA, for 2024. Their words proposed by the Honorable Chuck Schumer, Majority Leader. The AEDC believes that transparency is essential for understanding unidentified aerial phenomenon, also commonly known as UFO, and their potential implications for humanity. We are deeply concerned about the lack of transparency and accountability regarding UAP investigations to date. The UAP Disclosure Act of 2023 would address these concerns by establishing an independent review board to assess and disseminate UAP related information, mandating the declassification of government records related to UAP, creating a centralized collection of UAP records, and addressing potential national security concerns. You know, something that we can all get behind. It goes on, we urge you to support this important legislation. The American people deserve to know the truth about UAP, and the UAP Disclosure Act of 2023 is a critical step towards achieving that goal. In addition to our general support, we would like to specifically highlight the importance of this legislation to the work of the House Intelligence Committee and the House Armed Services Committee. The House Intelligence Committee has a responsibility to oversee the intelligence community's activities related to UAP, and the House Armed Services Committee has a responsibility to ensure that the Department of Defense is prepared for any potential threats posed by UAP. The UAP Disclosure Act of 2023 would provide the committees with the information and authority it needs to fulfill their responsibility effectively. We urge you to join us in supporting the UAP Disclosure Act of 2023. This legislation is essential for national security transparency and accountability with that said we welcome back Stephen bassett who returns tonight with some critical updates on the uap disclosure act he is a political activist disclosure advocate and executive director of paradigm research group founded in 1996 and the government imposed truth embargo on extraterrestrial related phenomena Stephen, welcome back it's
0: going to be with you again my
2: friend as well. Uh, I didn't think it would be so sudden, uh, but we should have expected that there would be some bumps along the way, as there are now.
0: No, this isn't a bump. This is, uh, this is uh, the, maybe the last battle of uh, a long uh, engagement, now 76 years on, and it's gotten very serious. And uh, I'm, I'm kind of up on it, and I'll be happy to, to get into the details. So what is the holdup? Well, fundamentally, we've been moving towards disclosure now at a steady pace since 2017. The first three years um, were dragged out because of the pandemic and a lot of political chaos and what have you. But still, it was moving forward, mostly behind the scenes. Uh, a lot of, there was a number of individuals that were involved in this. Most notable are Lou Elizondo, Christopher Mellon, some others. And then things got serious in 2020. Uh, virtually, while a pandemic was raging and millions of people were dying, legislation was put together uh, in the Senate committee uh, led by Marco Rubio, and they passed the, the uh, uh, a- a legislation in the NDA bill regarding UAPs. And it covered a number of things. It wasn't too extensive. called for a report public and classified by june 25 and um set up uh, a kind of uh, i think it sort of formalized the uap task force and been sitting over the office of naval intelligence things like that it was a big deal it was the first legislation on uap ever passed by the united states congress and then even as the pandemic continued to rage and people were still dying and the politics was not good legislation was put together again in the senate uh, championed by senator gillibrand um, that went into the uh, 2022 ndaa national defense authorization act this took things further it uh, st- uh flushed out the entity that uh, is going to be sitting over the dod uh move moved the uap task force i think it renamed it moved that over to the dod sc- uh, signed some people to it and so forth flushed it out so Again, it's important legislation. I invite people to read every word of all all four of these acts, uh, and then in twenty twenty two, with the pandemic still going on, and a and a, an incredibly dangerous war underway in Europe, it was going to kill thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people, and very could very well set off a nuclear issue over there. They put together legislation again, uh, and they the senate brought it out uh the sponsor in this case was mark warner and this legislation took things even further uh established witness protections and, and so forth again substantial bill uh and these three bills went through without any trouble a couple of small reductions one run redaction was in our favor it was a a, a a short paragraph saying that witnesses that chose to come forward would first have to be interviewed by the FBI. This was in the second bill. Danny Sheehan jumped into that and uh, kind of made a strong case to the appropriate people that was a bad idea and was pulled out. We won that one. The next year, something was pulled out and was a loss for us. And that in that bill, amazingly, uh, the authors again Mark Warner was the sponsor uh, put in a paragraph stating that uh, witnesses who uh, are he's not allowed you're not allowed to harass uh, punish or in any way uh do harm to witnesses that are coming forward appropriately under the uh the uh, legislation uh and then it added that should somebody do that somebody in your command your office whatever you could sue him and you could even sue the united states government for recoverable and punishable damages which i said that's I couldn't believe it. I said, that's that's amazing. That was bold. Uh not surprisingly that got pulled out. The government does not let people sue them easily. But still, a loss, but it's not a big deal. And then this bill. Now, obviously during that period, a lot is happening. The issue continues to advance in a difficult in difficult times. So the legislation is being put together for the 2024 NDAA. Uh, But before it, let me put it this way, before it, I think before it gets published, uh, in the middle of all this, we have an extraordinary event take place, uh, which was going to happen, right? This thing is stretched out for years, and it's only likely that something is going to show up you didn't expect. And that was, in fact, David Grush. So David Grush decides to come forward as a whistleblower. A true whistleblower. He claims that the policies the government's following are illegal and he's he's blowing a whistle on him, So that's what a whistleblower does. He comes forward after making considerable effort to address his concerns within uh, within uh, the uh, UAP task force. Right. And then later to Arrow to the Senate Intel Committee. And when harassment begins and he gets troubled, he goes to the intelligence, the IG, the uh, Director General of the Intelligence Community. He gets some help there, some relief. His complaint is acknowledged as being legitimate. But the harassment continues because, I mean, really, uh, you, you, maybe people will stop putting their name to it if, if they've been instructed. But you, you, people can harass you anonymously all day long. I mean, it-
2: harassment of whistleblowers, uh, not surprising. We'll continue our conversation talking about, uh, is the UAP Disclosure Act doomed? Stephen Bassett, my guest tonight. Somewhere between paranormal and abnormal, I'm Jeremy Scott. Uh, We're talking about the UAP Disclosure Act. And I asked uh, before the break, uh, is it doomed? We're getting an update tonight from uh, Stephen Bassett, uh, Executive Director of the uh, Paradigm Research Group. Stephen, continue. Uh, You were laying this all out for us.
0: Uh, Yeah, yeah. I'm going to quickly cover the Grush thing because it's important to what happened. So David Grush comes forward and, uh, and arranges for an interview with a, a fairly good publication, the debrief, uh, and then gives an interview to a top journalist, uh, Ross Colfart, on News Nation, a very rapidly growing show with uh, it's going to become pretty big and 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 puts it out there that he has he's been it's confirmed to him that we have multiple crash vehicles and bodies, which essentially confirms the extraterrestrial presence, which confirms Roswell and confirms that the government, of course, has known all about this for at least seventy six years. Uh, and he obviously he gets a little pushback. Some people got a little upset, but the DOD did not, did not pull him back, did not take any excessive uh, 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 measures. Um, and so this was an ontological bomb dropped into the middle of what had been a relatively straightforward, somewhat calm process leading to disclosure that I was happy about. But it was only a matter of time something like this was going to happen. And so what do you do? Uh, It's like we're not ready for the president to disclose. It's not, you know, he's not going to walk out in the East Room and say, well, David Grush has filled the beans and now I'm going to. No, Uh, all the legislation was not together yet. So it was very, very awkward. Uh, Got a tremendous amount of press. David continues to get threats even now. Uh, But uh, hopefully he's holding up all right. so, what happened? Two things happened. Uh, 19, 20, and 39 days after Grush came forward, suddenly or out of nowhere, Chuck Schumer steps into the UAP issue. He had not done that, he had stayed out of it while this, while the Intel Committee was doing their thing. He suddenly steps in and says he is putting language into the next bill, and that language was non trivial, it was. Uh, uh involving a few things but the most important part was that the, the government was going to assert eminent domain over non-human tech in the hands of non-governmental entities meaning private individuals or corporation meaning government contractors uh, now by th- that means that doesn't mean that stormtroopers are going to immediately rush in and grab everything it just means that they, the government has the right to exercise it if it so chooses and that the bill would also uh, uh require that in a certain amount of time i think it was 300 days uh right. I, I think that's what's in the bill uh that uh, the the all of these government entities private entities had 300 days to provide a report of what they have it's not exactly like rushing you know the corporate facilities and grabbing stuff it them 300 days to provide a report still that's a big deal uh and so wow we were pretty excited about that uh, and uh, the bill legislation uh, ultimately goes up on the, on the Senate website uh, where it has, uh, remains or at least had remained until, uh, for months until such time as would be reconciled with the House. And so this was a profound moment. Uh, what Chuck Schumer did in that one statement when he announced this language in the bill, he did three things. One, he confirmed Grush. In other words,
2: yeah, we'll get to that the thought when we come back with Stephen Bassett. I hate to do it, but uh, we are at the break at the bottom of the hour. News with uh, George Henry coming up, a report about uh, the CIA and some whistleblowers coming to light. That's coming up in just moments, and we'll discuss that a little bit later on, but we're talking about the UAP Disclosure Act with Paradigm Research Group Stephen Bassett on Into the Paranormal. I'm Jeremy Scott.
1: This is Paranormal News. Whistleblowers allege a secret office run by the CIA has recovered non-human craft at least nine times. Sources briefed by individuals involved in alleged retrieval missions of possible alien spacecraft tell the Daily Mail that the Office of Global Access has been involved for the past 20 years. At least two of the objects have been completely intact. This echoes what former intelligence officer David Grush, who served on the UAP. Task Force has said on the record before Congress, I was informed in the course of my official duties of a multi-decade UAP crash retrieval and reverse engineering program. Uh, to which I was denied access to those additional read-ons when I uh, requested it. Sources say the office coordinates with Special Operations Forces to collect crashed or landed craft and that it's handed off to private aerospace contractors for analysis. They say there's a system in place that can also discern UFOs while they're cloaked. George Henry, Paranormal News.
2: The UFO, but enough to prompt Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer to propose new legislation that would set a 300 day deadline for agencies to find any records and turn them over to a review board that could declassify them. To create a commission to declassify U.S. government documents about UFOs and extraterrestrial matters.
0: Why would lobbyists for the major aerospace corporations?
2: bring major pressure to bear such that McConnell went to Schumer and said, it's over, it's out. Key political leaders
1: have colluded, presumably at the behest of the defense aerospace
2: industry and the intelligence community, to try to stop this key piece of legislation from being passed. Members of Congress, including Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, are trying to defeat this effort to make UAP documents available to the public.
1: Dial into the pair of normal from the U.S. and Canada at 503-506-0396. Or reach us
2: internationally on Skype at ITP51. So, Brush appears. Schumer introduces a bill. Now there's efforts to kill the bill. I'm Jeremy Scott into the pair of normal with Stephen Bassett tonight of Paradigm Research Group. Uh, so you mentioned in this process, as Schumer introduces this amendment, uh, he confirms much of, of what David Grush had to say, right? Of course, th- th- you know, by, by putting
0: an amendment that there's eminent domain over non-human tech, he's confirming the non-human tech. So he's confirmed Grush. Now, this this would have definitely sent some shockwaves through uh, people working in these deepest USAPs, unacknowledged special access programs, working on these craft as well as through the corporate headquarters of a number of uh, of the uh, contractors, so they, they're they're they have got their attention, all right. So it's a big deal, uh, and the language goes up on the on the web. So he he confirms Grush. He also clearly shows that he supports what the Intel Committee is doing all these years. Meaning, I'm fine with it. And he also by putting the language in and just putting it up on the website, even if it doesn't get passed, he sent the message what the intention ultimately is. Yeah. And they got the message, because only a few days later, about twelve days later, is when the uh, s- subcommittee of the House Oversight Committee, uh, with Tim Burchett and Anna Polina Luna, uh, and so forth, uh, and 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 uh, congressman Meach, they uh, they actually brought Grush in to testify under oath, and he repeated everything under oath and went further. So now, the military intelligence complex is 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 realizing that this process that's been underway for some time is not only real but it's heading towards conclusion and so from the end of july all the way to now they've had months to decide what to do about this uh the total bill is essentially the last Infrastructure that was needed before a president could disclose. All that you've been seeing happen the last few years is nothing about finding out about this phenomena They already know what this phenomenon is. They've known for decades. But putting all this together, Arrow and uh, the law and the legislation, witness protection, bringing NASA in—all of this was designed to to prepare for what happens the day after the president discloses the post-disclosure world. Because the day after the president discloses, it's going to be untold demands for information and all kinds of intense things happening uh and they want to service that but to do that you've got to have the infrastructure set up to do it appropriately and that's what this bill does all four do but this bill was the final piece and so once this bill is passed essentially the u.s government is now prepared for disclosure uh, by the president or anybody else for that matter so now what what is the what is the uh, uh military intelligence complex that the contractors and the people do on this well they made the decision to push back finally i think they overestimated how how well the disclosure process is going forward and so they started lining up uh their resistance and not surprisingly they really didn't exercise it or have it come forward until the reconciliation process begins when the house and the senate must decide on a final language so they made their move at that point makes total sense so how did they make their move well first of all uh there are three things in the bill that are really upsetting to the people that work on these programs and the corporations that work on these programs that have technology one of them is certainly the eminent domain section. Uh, it it means that they they if they have to yield up that technology, if the uh, government claims it and they, they may they may lose any ability to file patents, trademarks and other uh, proprietary uh, uh, actions that would then ensure that they could make huge sums of money. And they feel they deserve to make that money. They were paid very well to do this work. But nevertheless, they feel they deserve to make that money. Uh, so that is bothering them. Uh, another clause that is 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 bothering them. Uh, has to do with the reference to the atomic energy commission uh there's a reference to the atomic energy commission uh, i'm sorry the department of energy rather and two references to the atomic energy act and the reason this is not something that most people would have noted but it is particularly important because there are many researchers that believe that the the bulk of the programs that are underway are parked in the underneath or in the department of energy that's where they they put them and i'm pretty if that is the case you can be sure the senate knows that and so they specifically mention the department of energy and the Atomic Energy Act, and its, uh, and and its, the Department of Energy, and its uh, precursors, meaning go back to all the earlier versions of it, as well as the Atomic Energy Act, which puts in certain protections, uh, making it clear that that's not going to be an issue in terms of going after this material. Um, so, these two things uh, bothered them greatly. Uh, and um, the, the other one, forgive me for a second, but I... Uh, Was that the subpoena
2: power?
0: uh, uh, Yes. Thank you. Subpoena power. Yeah. The the bill clearly states that they're going to assign subpoena power to various uh, entities uh, in order to make sure that they can bring forward people that they need to talk to and get what they need to get. Uh, And they also assigned – they also, uh, uh, in the bill – uh, made it clear that the certain individuals within certain committees, congressional committees and others, were going to be given the absolute top level of classification, as well as the absolute top level of special access, so that these specified individuals can get access to and look into any program at all. There will be no such thing as a, an inaccessible program anymore, unless you deliberately tried to hide it, which would, of course, be illegal. So this really is the end for them and they know it if this bill passes then disclosure will get will get underway ultimately the president will disclose there will be a hearing in front of the senate and 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 the tooth embargo is over now does that mean that everything that they have is suddenly going to be shoved out the door no the process that will be set up by this bill will take years to fully accomplish its goal but let me be clear okay if you read this bill completely what you see on paper is the entire apparatus by which everything the government has on this issue over X number of years, every document, every every file, uh, every technology, everything they have will work its way out of the deepest classified world up through several points of review and end up in the National Archives. And, of course, along the way, be informed to the public, everything now. Will it take one year, two year, five years, ten years? Not sure. But the process in which stuff is going to come forward will begin almost immediately, well, pretty soon. If the president, it would be ideal if they could wait till the president discloses. But if for some reason the president holds off, then this bill technically can start that process of bringing that stuff forward. Now, some things will be held off for a long time. Uh, It may be that there's a number of things in those programs that uh, these people are worried about revealing. They won't have to reveal it that day one. It may be years before they have to reveal it, but they don't care about that. They have had it made for decades. They have had the best secret in the world and the access to the extraordinary technology, and they're not prepared to give it up. And so the first thing they did was they politicized this issue finally. Why? Because... These are def- the defense contractors are some of the biggest donation donators to uh, uh, certain uh, members of Congress. Not not surprisingly, as members of Congress on the Intel committees and the Armed Services committees, they get millions and millions of dollars of donation, campaign donations from the from these defense contractors. And so they have been calling them up, I'm sure, and letting them know that, and letting them know they don't want this bill to pass, and I suppose threatening that they'll stop donating money to them. So they did that. All right. Uh, And the so that and that immediately makes it a partisan deal. And maybe that's all it took. Right. Though I believe that there are people within the military intelligence complex and in the civilian complex that that personally and and, and, and very much believe that this is a mistake, that this truth embargo should not end. And so it's not about money per se. It's not venal. It's just that we're going to we have to stop this because it is the wrong thing to do, except, of course, it's not their call. All right. It is the, it is the propriety of the Congress and the president of the United States. They are not the Congress. They are not the president. And they are not should not be able to make these calls. But again, that's where the re, uh, the, the, uh, the resistance is coming. They were able to recruit uh, uh, Mike Warner, the Senate uh, House Intel Committee chair. They're able to uh, recruit Mike Rogers, the uh, Armed Services House Intel chair. I mean a service I'm um, services Committee chair, which wasn't been too much of a problem except Mitch McConnell stepped in. Now, why Mitch McConnell stepped in? I'm not quite sure. Uh, I, I don't know how much donate how many donations he gets from contractors. I'm willing to bet it's a pretty substantial amount. But for whatever reason, Mitch McConnell, who's been very quiet on this, all of a sudden jumps in and throws his weight behind uh, either changing or eliminating this bill. Well, that's certainly increases the, the situation. And so that is where we are right now. Uh, we are in reconciliation. Uh, I just sent out uh, the tweet Twitter handles for all of the House members that are in the conference and they the conferees. And I'm encouraging people to use Twitter to, to tag them in messages. In it was tag Senator I mean, a House a representative so-and-so with the message: we want this bill to pass untouched and, and focus just on these, these conferees because they're actually in the room negotiating this and so i sent that out we're trying to get the list of the senate uh, conferees but we can't find it for some reason uh but eventually we'll find out who all the senators are and we'll we'll uh put that out there and ask people to tag uh, twitter them and if they want to call they want to send an email to their office they can do that what is going to happen boy i wish i knew um it, it gets even more complicated because for some reason uh, Tim Burchett, who had been very, very boldly talking about this issue publicly, saying there's an ET presence, saying there's a cover-up for some time, and thus become a very, you know, admirable guy from the standpoint of uh, the, the movement, uh, he, uh, a- along with a couple of other people that were on that committee, suddenly, uh, I guess in some maneuver, submitted a four-paragraph uh, act called 90-10, 9, 2010, which is ridiculous i mean it's just pathetic it's awful and there the we will, will pull that huge bill and we'll we'll put this in its place i have no idea why they did this it just confuses the situation there's no chance it'll be passed and it embarrasses him and i and I, I i i'm sorry i wish he hadn't done that because he's actually gotten a lot of respect and gravitas for for being so candid about this but this this four paragraph uh bill is ridiculous so that's confusing um there, there, this is there, this is what can happen the bill will pass without the eminent domain it's going to be extremely difficult to get the, the the subpoena power out of there but they might be able to get the eminent domain out i don't see how they can change the language on the atomic Commission because atomic i mean the uh, office of uh, department of, of energy because it will sh- totally tip their hand i mean it'll basically be confirming that oh yeah that's where everything is and so it might; they might throw them the bone of the eminent domain, which means those contractors, unless another bill is passed, and it could happen any time, but at least for a time being, they will think, "Man, we're going to make all that trillions of dollars."
2: So it's more like a non-disclosure act than disclosure act. I'm Jeremy Scott with Stephen Bassett of the Paradigm Research Group. And we'll have more of our conversation across the USA, somewhere between the paranormal and abnormal. You can join us in the U.S. and Canada at 503-506-0396. Jeremy Scott, somewhere between paranormal and abnormal, into the paranormal. Yes, Congress is debating which truths they get to reveal uh, when it comes to uh, unidentified anomalous phenomenon, as it's uh, known today. So, uh, Stephen Bassett, is it this an all or nothing kind of situation, or is uh, something going to be excluded? here's my call
0: uh, I, mean, I, I don't i can't put it to future but my here's my take if if there if the opposition is willing to uh, accept taking out the domain language eminent domain language in return for letting the bill go in uh, i think the the people behind the bill will accept it it's not that big a deal um certainly not initially but if That's not enough. If they're not going to pass this bill unless subpoena power is taken out and or references to the Department of Energy, things like that, a bill's not going to pass. And so let's assume the bill doesn't pass. Here's my thoughts on that. History may very well recount uh, uh, down the line that this was the most important bill ever considered by the United States Congress. And by that, I mean all four bills, right? The whole series of bills. But this one, of course, is the sum on bonum. Uh, And they basically will have killed one of the most important bills in the history of of the planet. Uh, Secondly, the expectation on this has been growing for decades. Uh, The the Internet is saturated with interest in UAPs and so forth. And so if this bill fails, I believe that those that uh, kill it are going to be... uh, distressed because i think they're going to be hammered i mean really hammered i'm not talking about thousands of people marching in the streets too expensive too dangerous and not worth it now relentlessly hounded on social media uh for forever i mean until until something happens so they're in for a rough time a rougher time than i think they they know and then the second thing third thing is this and I wish I could get a chance to actually talk with uh, Senator Warner about this directly. But the fact is, is that even if this bill doesn't pass and this final infrastructure is not in place to deal with the post-disclosure, that, doesn't, that does not mean that the Senate can't have a hearing. Uh, the Senate can call a hearing. Uh, and the, the DOD could try to suppress some of the witnesses. Certainly, they could make it hard for witnesses that are still serving, but they have some leverage over retired people. They could threaten their pension, but it would just blow up in the Pentagon's face. They're just, so if the Senate wants to hold a hearing, the major witnesses that we know are ready to testify will testify, and that hearing will blow the issue wide open. So the Senate can still hold that hearing, and they need to hold it soon, uh, January, please. So the hearing gets held. The testimony is amazing extraordinary millions of people are watching uh, and this then allows the president to come forward in a very non-political way and say look i i've watched these hearings i've this testimony is extraordinary i've talked to pretty much all of my top people and we are all in agreement yeah we we're not alone we have non-human tech we have non-humans engaging us and uh we're, we're going to set up the necessary infrastructure to start getting information to you about that we're going to find out what we know we're going to get it to you Okay, I don't know how he'll say it. Now, look, he knows there's an ET presence. Everybody involved in this knows there's an ET presence. But this is kind of a thing you go through to try to maintain some order, stability. And so he, 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 he says that. Now, now the whole country is on fire about the issue. It's real. It's been confirmed. Other nations will confirm it quickly. Heads of state will come forward and say, absolutely, it's true. Then, hey, it will not be a big a deal you go back to the congress and you pass that bill right you put that legislation right back up for vote and then you're going to have some people and if the defense contractors want to play these games or anything they can do it but they will be eviscerated the people will literally destroy them they'll throw them out of office uh and then castigate them for the rest of their life and so we'll still get that bill it just will come a little bit later so i hope that if the bill doesn't passed the senate will do what it's supposed to do set the president up president discloses and then we go back get this infrastructure set up because we have to have an orderly process if we're going to unload 70 years of secret stuff and technology and and bring it forward start revealing it to the world and then ultimately put it in the national archives it's got to be controlled it has to be oversaw there has to be scrutiny it has to be responsible
2: and we're talking with Stephen Bassett. We'll continue to do so. I'm Jeremy Scott. Into the Paranormal.
0: Here, Paranormal News with George Henry,
1: exclusively on Into the Paranormal. Out there, well, they'd probably be listening to this show. You're in good company.
2: Into the Paranormal. Yeah, I, uh, I think all of you are intelligent. I think that's why you're listening to the program and uh, sopping up some more intelligence tonight from Paradigm Research Group's executive director, Stephen Bassett. Uh, the organization founded in 1996 to end the government-imposed truth embargo on extraterrestrial phenomenon. Seems like we're living through those days right now, what Stephen's worked many decades towards, and so have others. Uh, Is it coming to fruition? Will this bill get killed? Will uh, we take a step back in this effort? Those are some of the questions that we're asking tonight with Stephen. And uh, you were kind of talking about controlled uh, disclosure before the break, I believe
0: well it, it is controlled it will have to be controlled I mean, it's not like you can just open up the doors to laboratories haul boxes of stuff out in the lawn and tell people to go through it but uh once the process starts there's going to be a study flow of information including classified information that's going to be run through the pipeline it's going to be presented to the public and we're going to be learning more and more with each passing month about the history of this issue what the government has and so forth uh, I believe that process will probably go a little faster than they expect. Uh, so overall, that's what, what what has to happen. But once it starts and people believe the government's intentions are, are honest, then I think people will be quite happy and they'll be looking forward to learning more and more. Now when will we actually get access or be aware of what technology has been developed? Uh, I assure you that won't be, take long because the pressure on the government to go there will be huge uh so again post-disclosure world is going to be fantastic but can we get to it I've I've, I've I've summed up pretty much what's going on uh with respect to the bill and the lead up i want to mention i just sent you a link on chat uh jeremy that is uh, a link to a document that i created a pdf document uh that you can get online it's a link to it and what i did was i converted the bill which is hard to read uh in the in the way they print it you've probably seen how bills are printed so i converted it into a uh, pdf doc single space it's much easier to read i also highlighted a lot of areas it's so important so you can almost highlight the entire thing so i sent that to you you'll have that um and so uh all i can say is is that anybody that knows football knows that uh, it gets a lot tougher in the red zone the red zone is the last 20 yards there's a lot of teams that can really march up the field, but when they get the last 20 yards, they can't score worth a damn. And you guys know which teams I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, we are in the we're in the really the red zone here, the final yards of this touchdown. That's 70 years, 76 years on. And and, and I knew it was going to be difficult. I'm not shocked. In fact, things are going almost too well, uh, and it's going to get harder for them uh, as well. Harder for the resistors. And here's why. Look, three people just came forward to the Daily Mail. They claim to be whistleblowers. They claim to have been inside people. They claim to know exactly where these programs and these craft are, uh, as part of a an entity called the uh, the um the uh, <laughs> God, my memory is so awful. The OGA, the Office of uh, of um, of uh, was it General Affairs? Global no, Affairs. Of Global Affairs. Yes. Yes. And uh, they, they, you know, the 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 mirror. I mean, the uh, it's not a it's not a, a cheap paper. I mean, it's a significant paper. It's a significant. Sorry, article.
2: Office of Global Access. My bad. access.
0: That's right. That's right. Um, now, it's possible that these are three legitimate whistleblowers. It's possible they're going to hold up. It means they're going to be vetted. Uh, they haven't. They didn't. They didn't publish the names. Okay, I get it. Crush came forward under his name. That's very important. He also was already he was working for the UAP task force, but uh, these men may be true to be true. And if that's true, then essentially we just got some more incredible information, right? They've identified the office where this was being organized, parked in you know, one of the countless or uh, entities that is set up. Uh, uh, someone I never even heard of it until now, and if that's true, that's even more trouble for the uh the disclosure management there could be more that could turn up at any time and the moment the dam's broken the water's pouring out it's rushing upstream it's 50 feet high and if you want to stand down there and and try to prevent it from drowning you i suppose you can but this is only going to get worse now, it also be maybe these three people are having some fun. They're taking advantage of the situation. They just picked that office, came up with the story, and got themselves some press. We'll see. But it's not going to surprise me if they're real. And there's others. The number of people that have been working on programs like this in the government, actively or retired now, is in the thousands. And they have cooperated with the truth embargo. They have kept their mouth shut, taken their their, their, their history to the grave, in almost all cases but. Pretty much everyone is knows that this is over, uh, and it's, this truth embargo is a dead policy walking, and so a lot of them are going to make the decision i'm going to come forward we already have plenty of witnesses to blow this thing sky high rush will testify in front of the senate intel we believe several of the people in the usaps programs that work directly on this this these vehicles will testify the ones that talk to him firsthand you've got a number of uh sac base officers prepared to testify firsthand to to witnesses too that's shutting down of our nuclear missiles on numerous occasions uh, and god knows and there's plenty of else they could do i mean they could they could just bury the truth embargo but uh, it, it, there's enough there to end it and then it, it's only all that's left is for the president to confirm it that the, the the senate intel committee cannot be the disclosure entity it, it, it would like to be maybe but it cannot be uh until the, it comes from the mouth of the president the doors that have to be open will not open and that's how i think about disclosure Think of it as a master key, like, like, like big buildings have, like the one I'm in. On a master key that opens every door in the building. Disclosure will I didn't open. know you were
2: staying in the White House tonight, Stephen.
0: You know, they ask, but it's, uh, you know, it's a little stiff over there. I like it. I like it over at the National Press building where I spend most of my time. But just two blocks away, I can get over there in a moment's notice that they want to chat with me. Believe me. So uh, uh, it's, again, we're in an, an interesting spot. We'll know more in about 10 days. Uh, and So I was, yeah, I
2: was wondering, what is the timeline? Is there a deadline that this has to all get sorted out? Pretty much. Uh,
0: this is the National Defense Authorization Act. You don't screw around with this. Uh, it, it's slated it's to be signed on the 21st. They're slated to go uh, out of session on the 14th. So they've got to have this thing wrapped up by about the 11th, uh, then submitted to the House and Senate for vote, and then go home. Uh, nobody's going to stay over on this. Now, next January we're going to be dealing with another bill, and that's funding the government. And uh, indications are that the uh, House Speaker Mike Johnson's not going to do it, and so they've got that coming. And so, if the Republicans, you know, want to die on this hill, uh, in just about another month, they're going to have to die again on another hill because they're they're going to be trying to shut the government down. All of this is not helping the Republican Party, and understand that this has been a bipartisan issue for years now. Uh, and so, what they're doing is they're partisanizing well, at the very last minute.
2: I'm just wondering if they're uh, if they're taking the fall for this, or maybe are there some special influence uh, influences who are uh, really making the decisions there in Washington?
0: No, 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 no. I mean, they're getting pressure. From the people in the programs, from the contractors, from the corporations, that pressure is based on the fact that you need to raise millions of dollars to win an election and you have to get that money from them. That This system, this has to be reformed. We don't do it. Our political system is going to continue to become awful, even more awful. But uh, So it's not some, you know, hand, you know, hidden hand that's controlling everything. Uh, this is pretty much standard politics. That happens all the time. Except this time it's dealing with a bill. It's probably the most important bill ever written.
2: Well, Representative Burchett has said it, 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 it's all about money. It's about green.
0: Well, t- for the contractors, it is. Uh, they they want to be able to exploit that technology and make uh, every dollar they can. Uh, and so that's been threatened. So that's money. Other people are concerned about the programs coming out. In other words, they don't want these programs. They feel it's, uh, it's going it's to be risky. It's against our national security. So there's a range of reasons why people are pushing back. It's interesting. They waited a long time. Why they waited so long, I don't know. Uh, because I think, well, this is it. I mean, it's like, hey, so it's the last stand. It's their last stand. If this doesn't work and that bill passes, then you can just start counting the days until worldwide disclosure is in play. Uh, so I, I pretty much I pretty much view it that way.
2: The part, though, about uh, employees, whether you've worked for the government or you've been a contractor who's worked on behalf of the government, that if you hold, you know, technology or any sort of evidence that you've got to hand this over, uh, basically in exchange for immunity, uh, is that a good thing?
0: No, 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 that's not true.
2: Look, I believe uh, what they said, and correct me if I'm wrong, was that you have a certain amount of time to hand over what you have and, and we won't, uh, we won't take any action against you.
0: All right, I'll read the bill again, but overall uh, what the bill is saying is that we have 300 days to, to respond uh, and uh, tell us what you have. And then we're going to make a decision what we're going to do with it. That's the way it's written. It's not, we're coming for it day one. No, uh, and I think clearly if they obey the law and get the reports in, they'll be fine. I don't recall reading a specific immunity clause, meaning you we're granting you ahead of time immunity because you have the stuff at all. Hey, they got the stuff because the government gave it to them to work on it. It was a contract. Now, there may be people out there that stole some stuff. And, and if that's referred to in the bill, then that would be appropriate, meaning they stole wow. some of the stuff, took it home. But if they reported it as well, they would have immunity. And that All right, let me read bill.
2: this. And, and maybe the language has changed, so I want to correct this because this is how I understood it. But this is how it was reported back in June. In the latest version introduced in the Senate, lawmakers incorporated a mandate for any person currently or formerly under contract with the federal government that has, quote, in their possession material or information provided or derived from the government relating to UAP that formerly or currently is protected by any form of special access or restricted access to notify Mm -hmm. Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick, director of the Pentagon's new uh, All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office. He's since resigned. Within 60 days of the bill's enactment no later than 180 days after the passage officials would also need to make sure that all such information and material and a comprehensive list of all non-earth origin or exotic UAP material available be made to available to to arrow for assessment analysis and inspection mm-hmm. uh and it says uh furthermore uh, no amount authorized to be appropriated or appropriated by this act or any other act may be obligated or expended directly or indirectly, in part or in full, uh, whole in in full rather for on in relation to or in support of activities involving UAP. It goes on and on and on, but I think I think the yeah. part about uh, you're not facing any sort of um, repercussions yeah, in that might be in there somewhere. I haven't found it yet. Uh, We're at the break point, so Stephen, I'll have you respond to that after the break, but we are talking about the UAP Disclosure Act of 2023 and whether or not it is is doomed. We basically have less than two weeks uh, to get this rectified. We'll have more of our program with the Executive Director of Paradigm Research Group right after this. I'm Jeremy Scott. Uh, We kind of got into the weeds in the last segment. That's what you uh, get for reading on the fly sometimes. I was trying to find the part of the UAP Disclosure Act. Uh, I found this part, but it doesn't still fully demonstrate what I believed was part of the bill. So I'll go ahead and just assume uh, the part that I read uh, about uh, immunity being offered to those uh, coming forward uh, was either part of an early uh, consideration uh, or maybe was... Maybe I made it up in my sleep. No, I'm pretty sure I read it somewhere. Although, searching in the last break, I had a hard time coming to that. But it does say, in the statement, when they announced this bill over the summer, the federal government shall have imminent domain over any and all recovery technologies of unknown origin and biological evidence of non-human intelligence that may be controlled by private persons or entities in the interests of the public good. So, I guess the question is, what then would compel... Someone to come forward, uh, Stephen.
0: Well, they, the bill is clear that they, uh, they're going to start moving this information forward. Uh, and there's, they're setting up a pretty elaborate process to, to decide about it. Uh, first, they're going to get reports. They want a report of all the tech you've got, and then they'll look over that. They're also getting a report of all the documents you have. But that's part of the previous bills, and so then they'll start deciding what can we move forward right away, right? And so they will they will select those things based upon the interest of the public and the national security. Sure, I think they'll they'll err on the side of transparency. So we'll be getting a lot of stuff, uh, uh, and a lot of I think people are going to be pretty happy with that. And then depending upon how fast things move forward. We'll be satisfied or we'll put more pressure on the government but the, once the process is in their way it's almost it's absolutely irreversible with respect to immunity i, I had the bill in front of me I, I checked it there's only one place it's mentioned it's mentioned with respect to the review board the uh that's going to be put together by the in the white house and it says that uh, the review board shall be considered to be an agency of the united states for purposes of section 6001 uh, witnesses, close observers, and whistleblowers providing information directly to the review board shall also be afforded the protections provided to such persons specified under Section 1673 of the James Inhofe National Defense Authorization Act. That's last year's, which has the witness protection. So all they're doing is saying with respect to the review board that immunity, as and as, as shown in that act, applies to them as well. In terms of the other stuff, no, it, it's not about immunity. Uh, it is it is this is when we want it and this is when we get it if we don't then we have a problem and that's where the subpoena power comes in if somebody were to steal some tech like somebody quits Lockheed martin and walks with some et tech out the door uh, uh and later you know it tells the the government yeah yeah i have this that's fine but they still got a problem they stole it so that's they're not going to get immunity from that uh so i think again we're getting a little in the weeds but overall uh uh, the bill is about just getting information forward and witness protection. Well, uh, it's not about punishing anybody in the national security state yet.
2: I, I'm glad we clarified that. I did have I did have a point where I was going. Is it a good thing that the government holds on to everything? Uh, people have said that look, they have bodies and wreckage, and they haven't brought it forward. So why should we trust them with everything else?
0: Ooh. Well, coming forward Means that Look
2: I I don't think we're going to have to Let me make it
0: simple simple. These corporations serve their shareholders Oh sure, they're doing national defense work And it's national security and everything else But they are corporations and they serve their shareholders And under capitalism As practiced in the United States If they think they can make $2 trillion They'll go make it
2: Wow There's that money thing again. I'm Jeremy Scott with Stephen Bassett. Uh, He gets all the time in the next segment. I've uh, I've interjected enough. And we'll have more of our program. Non-Disclosure Act tonight on Into the Parabnormal. I'm Jeremy Scott.
1: paranormal news, turning data into music. Composer Sophie Kastner and her team turned digital data from telescopes into notes and sounds.
0: The initial plan was to
2: take the original sonifications and translate them as accurately as possible into pieces to be played by musicians.
1: Computers used algorithms to convert it to sounds that humans can perceive, which is now available as sheet music. These notes come from a small region at the center of our Milky Way galaxy where a supermassive black hole resides. The composer hopes to expand this to other projects. George Henry, Paranormal News.
2: According to the latest report that's out, a secret CIA office has spent two decades recovering UFOs from around the world. I do have have had some conversations and verified
1: some of this stuff is is that it's true. I was informed in the course of my official duties of a multi-decade UAP crash retrieval and reverse engineering program, uh, to which I was denied access.
2: The paranormal. I call it non-disclosure act. I mean, you're a part of the UAP task force and you're denied access. Heck, you're on a high serving committee and you're denied access. You're the president of the United States and you're denied access. I'm Jeremy Scott. Uh, we're going to turn it right back over to Stephen Bassett of the Paradigm Research Group. Uh, we got in the mud in the last segment or so. But I, I did want to clarify that because, uh, and Stephen, please continue to make your point uh, as I had asked. You know, is it a good thing that the government holds on to uh, or private industry? Because in in the case of the CIA report, they while it was recovered by you know secret forces, it then goes to individuals outside the government for uh, analysis. Is that a good thing?
0: There's nothing unusual about it. We've been. Uh, outsourcing uh, large portions of our national security defense technology for decades. Submarines, planes, all that. So when they work on it, they get paid, and we get a submarine. There's nothing unusual about that. What's unusual is that this isn't just any technology. This could be technology that's world-changing and potentially capable of generating unbelievable sums of money. And that's where it gets interesting because companies, corporations in American capitalism have one responsibility and that's to their shareholders. They make as much money as they can and give them dividends. And that, in, in these circumstances, there are plenty of people that believe that these companies that were given this tech by the United States government to work on in the usual fashion, paid very well and very, very nicely for the work that they did, that the idea that then they just keep it and make trillions of dollars when we have huge problems in this country is unacceptable. And so eminent domain means that if the go- to the extent the government chooses, it will benefit from this this tech and generate revenues that will go to the common good, which means they'll go to american people in one form or fashion now it's also the case that just because uh, the government exercises them in a domain on some technology doesn't mean that it can't go back to that company and work out an arrangement and say look uh we is what we want to do we we want you to help do this and you're going to be able to get a piece of the action you're, you're going to be able to share the profits but the uh, government is also going to share the profits so that's possible. It's not all or nothing, but it will be the government that decides, uh, not the defense companies that make the decision. I totally support that. Absolutely. Uh, but I understand that you know, if, if you have to give that up to get the bill passed, it's worth it. Keeping in mind that we can re, re- revisit that any time and pass an eminent domain law. Uh, did they overreach in this bill? maybe not i mean they i think they knew that that clause may not hold but they sent a very powerful message letting them know in advance guys look all those dreams of of literally becoming the ultimate companies and making untold trillions of dollars get real okay we got we got people starving sleeping on the streets we don't have enough housing and that's just our country there are countries where nobody's got housing and so look just chill right and go along with the game Right now, they're putting up a fight. We'll see. Uh, I think ultimately they will lose because the public is not going to support it.
2: Let's, uh, let's hope you're right, and, you, and you've been right many times before. Uh, why now do you think uh, this is all coming to light? Is there a certain significance with the timing?
0: No, it's, it's simply the culmination of years of effort uh going off 70 years of effort but the last seven have been pretty last six have been extremely pregnant uh, and the last three have been major major progress and so like all, all things it's, it's taken a certain amount of time all the major activist movements usually take quite a while they easily go 70 80 100 years it's not unusual at all but they end at some point point. and so it's not like some special moment it's the culmination of hundreds of variables including the rise of the internet uh, the rise of podcasts, the rise of, uh, uh, in general, social media, the ability to communicate uh, this issue worldwide, uh, create interest. It's the culmination of God knows how many sightings. These ETs don't cloak themselves that often. Uh, you just put it all together, and at some point, the dam breaks, and it broke. Uh, it's almost about completely broke, and, uh, uh, and why? It, it wore up. Well, the dam finally wore out, got undermined, uh, its foundation cracked. It's, 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 it's nothing. It's probably nothing more than that. There isn't some guiding, hidden, special hand. Now, the ETs have also helped advance this issue. They, they, they have their ways of kind of pushing things along without being too aggressive. And so they've contributed to the timeline. But at any time, they could have ended the issue and settled the matter, but they chose not to. It appears that they want us to do it. They want us to knowledge their their existence to ourselves in a formal way. Apparently, that is the way they like to do that, and Mike can understand why. But I can't say for sure. I'd love to ask them one day. Uh, but uh, they're going along with a with a uh, a human based disclosure process. Now, the closer we get to building starships, and we're getting there, we're on our way. Uh, that may change. So if if we still haven't disclosed, as we're on the verge of being able to create starships that can go interstellar then they will they will intervene at that point i'm pretty sure they're not going to let that happen without how we how would you say a discussion with the human race they're not stupid there's no way they're going to let us go into space with starships loaded with atomic bombs which we've already shown we're happy to drop on even our own species so there is kind of a time delimiter here and it's it's the creation of interstellar travel human based interstellar interstellar travel
2: yeah. So when you hear of this report about whistleblowers alleging that uh, the CIA, uh, mm-hmm. the the Office of uh, not Global Affairs, as I called it earlier, uh, but the Office Global of Global Access, when you hear about reports from these whistleblowers who are citing sources, uh, much like Grush cites sources who have been briefed but haven't seen the evidence themselves. Uh, Mm -hmm. They say at least nine crash retrieval sites around the world and at least two with uh, UFO vehicles that are intact. What do you think about that?
0: Well, first of all, that's been out there. There have been similar claims of about those same numbers. So they could they could just pick that number uh, and go with that and get some press. But look, until they're named, they come out under their own name and we we can get some sense of their history uh it remains for me unknown uh, but it's also the case that if it's true just outing that office is going to draw a lot of attention to it and so you could see some things very very soon being learned about that office the office of uh, global access you may have somebody else come out of that office i mean they, they, they put a spotlight on this so if they're true, then it's going to put even more pressure on on uh, the uh, need for this bill, um, and uh, there could be more. I mean, th- you know, there's potential for hundreds of these types of witnesses, and and obviously the stigma is completely gone now. There's no stigma to this issue now, except that you know a couple of people write some stupid article for their paper because they're just not paying attention, but there's very few of those you can you can bring this up now anywhere anytime and so it just means that the barrier for witnesses to come forward gets lower and lower and i think that this is something else that the the people that are trying to hold on to this truth embargo to the last dog dies they got to understand that there's going to be a river of witnesses pretty soon so just stop embarrassing yourself just do the right thing and let this truth embargo end to the extent that you do the right thing and we get this legislation done and we show the transparent effort to bring it a, a controlled process to bear people are going to be generous but if you're going to refuse to acknowledge reality up until the very end then people are going to pretty much rip you to pieces on social media and make you a very unpopular person this is a big deal it's not trivial this isn't business as usual this is massive. It is way bigger than your needs and aspirations or how much money you want to make or anything like that. It's time to just tell the truth and do the right thing.
2: I'm wondering what you feel about uh, the resignation of Sean Kirkpatrick. That's happened since we've last spoken. So he makes it about a year and a half in the job, uh, appears at a congressional meeting and also at a NASA study group meeting and is uh, you know a facilitator of a report and also uh, – moved along the website, which now does have the reporting feature, but only for mm-hmm. certain individuals, not, not private citizens. Uh, but now he's, he's gone. Uh, yeah, expect- the, the allegations are that he was uh, lying about certain witness statements and that uh, whistleblowers didn't feel comfortable coming forward to him.
0: It's more complicated than that. Uh, Sean Kirkpatrick had an awful job. Uh, I felt very sorry for him. He he was the one that was going to be taking over Arrow, uh, but Arrow wasn't supposed to do anything. Uh, again, this is not about finding out what this subject is, this issue, what this phenomenon is. They already know. Arrow was set up to to be Arrow, to be ready relatively together to operate in a post-disclosure world when it would get tons of money and be very busy it, it wasn't supposed to operate in the pre-disclosure world it was just supposed to be there and he had to be the person at the top of it unable to do and say a whole list of things he, he just needed to hold the fort and wait for disclosure impossible position and so he, he had the hedges words and, and he couldn't respond to this or couldn't respond to that uh, it was just a brutal job. And, you know, obviously he was going to be attacked for being disingenuous, and, but it was unavoidable. So he, he was basically a sacrificial lamb. Somebody had to run the office. He caught all the spears and arrows for a year and and realized, you know, I, I, I'm, I've had enough of this. I've, I've, I've done my job. I need to go. Uh, and And he will get a fine job, I assure you. He's going to be well taken care of. And this is also helpful because he had to go through all this hell he ha- he could not be straight with the people not his fault that's the way it was set up so now if we're headed for disclosure and an arrow of course going into full operation you need to start with a new director somebody that doesn't have this history it's not fair but it's, it's the way it is someone that doesn't have this history starting fresh and arrow of course is out doing its thing and it's all great and sean played a role and I hope he's well taken care of, but there was no so way he could lose. So is that
2: job. Timothy Phillips going to do a better job or as good of a job, in your opinion?
0: Is a name already been put out?
2: I uh, officially served to serve as Arrow's deputy director, Timothy Phillips.
0: Deputy director, but has he been declared yet the director uh, on the part uh, when when uh, Sean leaves? Well, he'll set. be the
2: he'll be the the interim, I believe, until a a permanent uh, is. So he could be yeah, in the running I, for that, or somebody else could come in after. I'm sure
0: he's in the running. But if disclosure is coming, the person they select for Arrow has got to be top. So unless this guy is top drawer, they will find somebody very strong because Arrow is going to be a major entity in the world. Because it will be the key interface on this issue between the government and 330 million people that want as much as they can get, as soon as they can get about everything the government knows, has about this subject. So they need to pick a pretty strong person, but it'll be a new person and therefore the problems of during Sean's era will be uh, in the past. Uh, do you think it has anything again, to do with uh,
2: the public statements that he's made, Sean's? Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, he, he again, he, he couldn't, he couldn't address the issue. He couldn't answer
2: straight questions. Well, I mean, he said some things like you know, technical surprise keeps him up at night. These things could be uh, motherships. I mean, he said some things which may not have gone along with uh, you know. What the powers oh. that be wanted him to say. Well,
0: yeah. Once he decided to resign, he gave several statements where he really loosened up and was able to be, you know, a little more direct. And he said some things which, you read them, interpret them. He's basically saying, "Yeah, I know there's ETs here." Uh, so he did, but he still couldn't go and do that. He couldn't do what what uh, Tim Bruchette did and went and called and said there was ETs here
2: on News Nation. Uh, All right. Well, we'll wrap this up with uh, Stephen Bassett right after this. A fascinating conversation tonight. You know, just looking back on everything that's happened uh, on the disclosure front, this has been a very momentous year. Stephen Bassett of Paradigm Research Group with us as we close out our program tonight. Uh, We were talking about Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick, who is on his way out uh, at the All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office. And I had asked Stephen if maybe some of his comments got him in trouble. Uh, Stephen, you were responding to that. I think
0: just the fact that he couldn't be candid and straightforward it was impossible in given his job that obviously it's going to cause problems for him but it's not his fault uh he had to take a very difficult job and hold the fort while we move forward and so he ended up being kind of a sacrificial lamb uh he's not the only one uh so i wish him well i hope he gets a really good job going forward and i think one day people will have a greater appreciation of what he was doing Uh, and it's notable that in the statements he's made since he announced his resignation he's made some statements which are pretty encouraging pretty pretty much kind of you read between the lines and he's basically saying yeah there's ets here i'm just not the person that can tell you that so that's all good um uh, i think um i'm still optimistic this is going to go well uh and uh, i invite people to if you're not on Twitter, get on Twitter. I don't care about Elon Musk, what you think of him. Twitter is the most powerful communication activist tool ever invented. I'm posting all the time. Follow me on at Steve Bassett, at Steve Bassett. If you want to really gather stuff, do a, a search on hashtag UFO Twitter. A uh, huge amount of stuff is being posted with that hashtag. You'll tap into a whole slew of people that are all over this issue, and then just follow them all, and in no time at all, you're going to be getting a feed. It is the fastest way to get up to date stuff. UFO Twitter on uh, on on X, uh, and follow me, and you'll get my stuff directly. Uh, so, hey, and that's just a taste of where things are going. The truth embargo is over. They need to understand that Uh, social media has ensured you simply cannot operate that way anymore. That doesn't mean they're just going to give up, but I think at some point they will yield. But will they yield this time? We'll see. Uh, Lots at stake. We'll know in about 10 days.
2: Steven, any thoughts on NASA appointing a director of UAP research, Mark McInerney? A new role—you'll oversee the agency's studies into unidentified anomalous phenomena. I don't know how this is going to differ from Arrow at all. I guess we'll find out.
0: No, it's there. It's going to be their entity. Uh, that's great. They'll be. They'll be. They'll have a lot to look at post-disclosure, but. It has nothing to do with NASA going and finding out what's going on. We already know what's going on. The people that have worked at the high end of NASA have known there was an AT presence since it was formed in '58. They went along with the truth embargo. They actually had to. It was under by the law, the 1958 Space Act. They had no choice. And so, look, all the lying and the misdirection and the fantasy all of this stuff would serve the truth embargo and national security had a price it undermined confidence in government it irritated the hell out of people it withheld science slowed down scientific progress maybe cost us greatly in terms of opportunities and 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 so forth uh it 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 was started in the early days of the cold war the cold war went on forever it got institutionalized i get it but it's got to end for god the love of god and this embargo so people can start just telling the truth and not have to to make twist themselves into pretzels, and when people tell the truth, they start to get more respect. They have more power. They have more influence. People don't don't really respect liars, and they don't want to follow the orders from liars. and And so, we got to move out out of this. This would be a big step forward. So, keep Stephen, your fingers crossed.
2: Always respect uh, your commentary and your dedication to the disclosure movement. Always enjoy the opportunity when we can pick your brain for a full program. And uh, mm-hmm. definitely follow at Steve Bassett on X if you want to to stay uh, on top of what is a faucet of information coming out of the uh, UAP world these days. Thanks again, Stephen.
0: My pleasure, man. Until next time.
2: Until next time. ParadigmResearchGroup.org. ParadigmResearchGroup.org. A lot of good information that you will find there. And, of course, uh, one of our most uh, highly recommended guests... That you'll ever hear on the program from the cold dark depths of a secret dungeon somewhere deep in the remote pacific northwest i am jeremy scott thankful that you're joining us again tonight across the usa and invite you back next time when we talk about all things somewhere between the paranormal and the abnormal until then good night and god bless